Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynnett. And joining me today are three local nonprofits, the Chicago Sinfianetta, 360 Youth Services and Lutheran Child and Family Services of Illinois, and Casa of DuPage. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. And joining me now from the Chicago Sinfonetta is Blake Anthony Johnson. Welcome to the show, Blake Anthony. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you and get to meet you. Um, you know, first let's start off, congratulations on the 35th anniversary. That's exciting for the Sinfonetta. So talk a little bit about what that means for you all. Absolutely. You know, Sinfonetta was started in 1987 by Maestro Paul Freeman. And we've had a really unique role. We have always been a Chicago-based institution, but we also have this national role of really showing people what the orchestra could be. And so to be here 35 years later is really remarkable because our role has changed a little bit. Now we do a lot more kind of more bold, uh, stronger initiatives that you couldn't think of maybe 20 years ago because we have technology and all these new aspects and variables at play. But yeah, it's been a remarkable 35 years. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Now, so talk a little bit about what's going to be happening this 35th anniversary season. Well, a key part of a Sinfonietta experience is audience engagement. And so this idea of if you come to a concert and not if, when you come to a concert, <laughs> I love that. you will definitely feel like you're at home. And so, you know, our first kind of opening of the season is in September. And so that's September 17th and 19th. Uh, there's things like the ball, our annual ball, which is a huge party for you not only to see our orchestra, but also to really understand our programs because we have a lot of programs both here in Chicago, but also throughout the country. And then we have things like, you know, the summer season, which has been really great at Ravinia, also at Millennial Park. Uh, so in the 35th season, I would say this is more kind of like a victory lap. I think during the pandemic, a lot of people were trying to survive. But for Chicago Sinfonietta, we were in a fortunate situation in which we thrived. We're actually much larger now than we were pre-pandemic. And a lot of that has to do with just us, you know, being really aggressive and thinking and being really thoughtful about what are the things that we need to do now that once we get to the endemic stage, that will be stronger. So now people actually get to see what all this hard work has been accumulating up to. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's always fun when the planning and then you get to and actually it do the show. Yes, absolutely. So talk a little bit about community events and you mentioned your ball and kind of opening up to the community. Talk a little bit more about that. Sure. So uh, a lot of people, yes, we're an orchestra, but an orchestra does a lot of things. So we actually are in a lot of schools here in DuPage, but also downtown in the Chicago public school system. We also have a number of programs that you'll find on the website that um, are really meant to not just engage with people with classical music, but also let them know about our other community partners. Some of our community partners, for instance, deal with housing insecurities, or some of them deal with incarcerated youth. Some of our partners deal with voting rights. I mean, we have all of these other kind of things that affect social determinants of health. And so we have programming every week uh, and it's a, it's a fantastic team that, that does it. And a lot of it though is with teaching artists, this idea of giving content hours to youth so they can really just be not just inspired, but also dream, not just in the lens of the arts, 
artful life, but really in, in anything that they're interested in. So we kind of just use it as a catalyst to get people excited. That's exciting. It is exciting. And talk a little bit because I know, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion has really been talked a lot about. Um, and you you've really embraced that. And where is the orchestra going with it? Absolutely. You know, when Chicago Sinfonietta was created, the idea was to create an orchestra that resembled the city in which it resided in. And that, of course, as we've matured, our mission in terms of diversity, equity and inclusion and accessibility also has matured. And so one of the things that we focus on primarily right now in our 35th season is digital equity. So during the pandemic, we had probably mm. 40 plus countries participate, which was fantastic. But we also realized that there are ways that we can better connect with our own community here in Chicago. And so you'll see a lot of digital equity initiatives. You'll also see things like our pay what you can program, which we can be really happy that we started this here in Chicago. And now it is kind of taken off around the country, this idea of anyone should be able to come to see the orchestra, um, no matter where you fall economic class wise. And so you can go on our website for PWIC and you can get tickets for $5, $0. You truly pay what you can. And that is really important because the idea is to have a long-standing relationship with the community. And the last thing we want is for a young person or a family or anyone really uh, to not come because of a financial barrier. Yeah. Well, music is such a, you know, it's for everyone and it's so, it really ignites your soul, right? So if you don't have access to that, that's a real shame. Yeah. That's a real shame. Talk a little bit about some of the programs that you've initiated. And these are obviously some of them, but say a little bit more about some of your others over the last couple of seasons. Sure. But our flagship program that people know us by, it was formerly known as Project Inclusion, now the Freeman Fellowship. You know, that's in four disciplines. So we have students, um, young emerging artists between 26 years old to 40 years old and composition, conducting, administration. And now what is different is in um, there are four disciplines. So administration, composition, conducting and orchestral playing and composition is actually quite new. And so that has been really nice because we want to demystify what it actually looks and feels like to be a young composer. And they really get to see behind the scenes of us not just commissioning their piece and playing it, but they get to meet the young co composer, which is great. There's also the artist in residence program. So that our artist in residence right now is Catherine Bostic. This will be her third year in residence with us. And that program is fantastic because it really gets, you know, she was just nominated for like another three Emmys, but <laughs> what it allows us to do is have the superstar who is really connected to the community. It's not just about commissioning pieces, but yeah. it's her going to schools and going to community centers and really learning about us and us learning about her. So there's this cross-pollination uh, among artists. It's really immersion, right? I mean, you yeah. really are emerging, immersing people in, in what you do, which is wonderful. Absolutely. Um, you've been lucky enough, both personally and also the orchestra, to be the recipients of a number of awards. So uh, tell us what those are, and it's okay not to be humble. Um, but as importantly, tell us what that means to the orchestra and furthering your mission. I appreciate that question. You know, as I said, during the pandemic, most people are trying to survive and we were thriving. And a lot of that has to do with you know, the arts, when people say, you know, the arts can be transformative or there's power to it, 
that is not just a cliche. And I think anyone who knows even my personal life as a cellist knows that it really can give you access to the world, but also access to a better understanding of yourself. And so we have been really fortunate to get large multi-million dollar gifts. So definitely the largest in the institution's history, both from Wallace Foundation, Mellon Foundation, from some amazing individual philanthropists who really believe in kind of the vision I've laid out for the institution. And so I think, you know, in the past years, we've been known to kind of take up a lot of space. And then of course, you know, things change over time and we were kind of a best kept secret. And now what I'm trying to do is put us back on that international stage. And there's a lot of people who remember what that was like when we were doing the international tours, when we were at Kenny Center Honors, when we were doing all these amazing programs, not just here in Chicago, but around the world. And so, you know, kind of getting the band back together, I guess if you will, <laughs> has been kind of one of my mandates as the new CEO and president. That's exciting. Well, we wish you the world. That's very, very, uh, it, it is visionary. And I think in the world of music, right, it is the thing that unites us across the planet. So uh, for you to be able to take that on the road is really awesome. Thank you so much for coming by. My pleasure. Absolutely. So if you are interested in learning more about the Chicago Symphonetta, please go and visit their website. We're gonna take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Be a Naperville Crime Stopper. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette, and joining me now from 360U Services and Lutheran Child and Family Services of Illinois are Scott Thurman and Mike Bertrand. So welcome to the show. And I, you know, Mike, we're gonna start right out with you because you're with Lutheran Child and Family Services of Illinois. So tell us a little bit about that and what you do to service DuPage County. Sure, in 2023, we will be celebrating 150 years of service uh, within, to the families of the state of Illinois. We operate around the state, but let's talk about DuPage and, and the Naperville uh, Aurora community. Um, in, in DuPage County, we are a fairly large provider of uh, services to families and children in the foster care system. Okay. So we are always looking for foster parents. Okay. Um, and you go to our website. You can either schedule a time to talk individually if you're interested or attend one of our public information sessions. Um, but if, if, uh, we, we love people that, that have the heart and the home to open up uh, to foster children uh, to be able to do that. We also provide uh, counseling um, a pregnancy counseling for uh, young couples that are trying to make a decision on, on, on what would be best for their baby and private adoption services here within the Naperville community. Okay, that's a lot. That's a big mission. You got a lot going on. Yes. Um, Scott, you know, you're new, newer to 360U Services, right? But 360U Services has been in our community over 50 years servicing families. Talk a little bit about uh, who 360U Services is and the programs that you provide. Well, 360 Youth Services provides, our mission is to provide life-changing um, services for um, youth 
Um, and also our vision is to create a community where youth receive the necessary tools that they need to navigate life. We also have a specific focus to serve the LGBTQ plus um, community. Some of our programs, you're probably very familiar with our programs, but we have um, a substance abuse prevention education program, which includes magnificent programs like Power of Choice, Operation Snowball, and, and other programs. We also have um, counseling, which where we provide a variety of different um, counseling-based services through licensed therapists for um, young people ages 18 through 24 and their, uh, well, and their families and, and work hand in hand with them and at the schools. Yeah. Um, lastly, we have housing where we saw a need um, during COVID um, and we addressed that need by um, establishing a, a, um, youth, um, a homeless um, youth facility. Um, we also have a, a transitional rapid rehousing program, um, as well as we manage a cornerstone group home. So all of, all of these things um, is what we're providing to attempt to give youth what they need um, to successfully navigate um, their, these times, but also to address a specific issue in our um, nation and, and our communities, which is homelessness amongst youth. Yeah, and, and that's just tragic, right? I mean, it, it's hard to think about anybody not having a roof over their head, but certainly young people where, you know, you need that safety. Uh, that has a lot of traumatic effect going forward, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, it, it's interesting because your two organizations have merged. I think it was just this spring, right? So talk a little bit about that, Mike, and kind of what drew you guys together and, and how you feel that's going to help benefit the community. Absolutely. So. Um, LCFS was looking uh, for a strong partner that um, could, uh, that needed a little assistance in the administrative structure. Small not-for-profits really um, uh, put a lot of effort in, into putting money into mission and don't always have the administrative structures that are needed uh, for the government reporting mechanisms and so on. And from the, our perspective, we really wanted to get better and learn at how to get more integrated into the individual communities that we're a part of, how to be in the schools, how to be that resource that 360 is to this community and how we can learn from them and, and come uh, and take that elsewhere in other communities that we serve. At the same time, strengthening their, their function so they can focus on the youth that are, that are, that are in need here. So their board and our board um, uh, felt that this would be uh, nothing but a win-win and first and foremost was that would it be a win for the youth? Would it be a win for the families? And that answer was clearly yes. And, and we've been very pleased since we, we came together, uh, in, as you said, in the spring, in March. Yeah, and I think that's true. I mean, I've seen it. I've been lucky enough to sit and talk to a lot of different organizations where that coming together really adds strength, uh, particularly on that organizational. It's hard to run a small, any small, small business, small not-for-profit, you know. So it's always nice, and particularly when there's such a good overlap and, and synergy with the missions, right? So right, yeah. that's awesome. Um, Scott, as you're kind of looking forward, and you talked a little bit about your vision, kind of how do you see, uh, you know, the work that you're doing playing out for the youth in our community? Well, well like, I, like I said, um, and like Mike shared, we, um, we, we, we addressed the need during COVID. We established a... Um, uh, a youth um, sh a shelter, an emergency shelter, and we look to expand that. How that's going to play out um, in, in our future is still being shaped, and we're looking to learn from other organizations that have gone that route. 
So going forward, that is our, um, our vision is to continue to provide these types of services for young people and helping them to transition into independence. Yeah, and I love what you said about, you know, working and collaborating with other organizations, because we certainly do have some of those in the community, right, that are very focused on homelessness, but, but you're really focused on the youth part, and I think that's important. Yeah. Um, you talked a little bit, uh, Mike, about, you know, funding, which as a not-for-profit ourselves, funding's always a topic of <laughs> yes, conversation, right? Um, but you were able to secure some federal funding with 360. So say more on yeah, that. Yeah, 360, and this was before um, we started having a dialogue with them. You know, as, as Scott said, there was a, an identified kind of unknown need about not just for homeless youth, but particularly a place where homeless youth that, that identify as LGBTQ+, um, a place where they could go and, and get the assistance they needed um, and, and, and so when the federal infrastructure bill uh, that was passed several months ago was being shaped, um, uh, U.S. Representative Foster and Kasten um, knew that was a need in this community, worked with 360, and were able to provide a $3 million grant um, mm. um, from HUD, from, uh, uh, from the federal government, uh, geared towards us establishing a permanent kind of resource center for homeless youth um, with, within, within this community. So we're very excited about that. And we're working at, at the additional funding that will be needed um, uh, to, to make all that happen and, and to get it going live. So, Well, listen, I am so delighted that, you know, you were both able to join me and to share a little bit about how you brought the two organizations together. I wish you all the best. And if you or a young person you know is struggling and needs mental health or housing support, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. We all have a story to share, stories others can relate to, whether moments of sorrow or of hope and inspiration, whether a story of struggle or a moment of victory. Every little moment captured and shared helps us to feel more informed, helps us to feel more engaged with and connected to the community we all call home. Every little moment captured and shared adds up to something greater for us that something is the collective story of Naperville, a city rich in its volunteer spirit, its diversity, its traditions and celebrations, and so much more. In Naperville, there are so many stories worth sharing. And for the past 35 years, it's been our honor to tell those stories and share them with you. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from Castor of DuPage are Tammy Satina and Keisha Aiken. So nice to have you both here. And, you know, I'm going to start right out with you, Tammy. What is CASA? CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. And we are appointed by the juvenile court judges 
to speak to the best interest of children who are involved in the abuse, neglect, dependency, and private guardianship system. We are appointed to 100% of the abuse and neglect cases in DuPage County. We recruit and train community citizens who are willing to commit to working closely with a child who is involved in the system. Uh, we offer a vigorous 30-hour uh, training to our volunteer advocates in order to pre prepare them to work closely with the children and in the court system. CASA was developed in 1977 by a juvenile court judge in Seattle. His name was Judge Sukup, and he came to the realization after working in juvenile court that even though there were a number of people involved in the juvenile cases, there were caseworkers, lawyers, public defenders, state's attorneys, sometimes uh, probation officers, parents, foster parents, there was no one there representing the people who the case was about, and that was the children. So he conceived the concept of court-appointed special advocates. We started Casa DuPage in 1993, and we've been going strong ever since. Our advocates do so much more than just attending court hearings, though. Uh, they are generally the only person in a child's life from the beginning of their case until the end. Children might have... Uh, different caseworkers, different attorneys, different therapists, but typically their CASA advocate is the person who is with them for, through the entire journey. Uh, our advocates do everything for the kids. They're there through thick and thin, and usually the one person who is their consistent. Uh, our cases typically last about three years, so it is a huge commitment that our advocates are making by, by doing this, and we could not function without our advocates. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, it's a very tough thing that the kids are going through, but to have somebody kind of with them on their side, right, that's so important. And Keisha, I know that you've been an advocate, so talk yes. a little bit about that role. Right, so my role as an advocate is to effectively speak for the best interests of the child. So say for instance, the child feels a certain type of way and they are scared to express these feelings, but they've told me. So I'm the person that will come to the judge and let them know how the child is feeling. Okay, so you really are kind of the eyes, ears, and in some cases the yes. voice, right, yes. for the child? Yes, most definitely, yeah. I am. So talk a little bit, Tammy, as far as what your greatest need is right now for Casa DuPage. As I said earlier, Casa could not exist without our wonderful volunteer advocates. Last year, we served almost 400 children. We had 150 active advocates approximately, and we have 150 advocates at any given time who are assigned to cases. So we hold two trainings per year, and I would say that uh, one of our needs is always to have advocates participating in our training classes so we can assign them to the cases to speak to the best interest of the children. If someone is not interested in becoming an advocate but would like to be a part of CASA, you can always be a friend of CASA by supporting us with our events. Uh, we are solely funded through private donations, our fundraising events, and grants. So get involved in our events. We always appreciate it. Come to one of our events, volunteer. Uh, I think you'd like us. Check us out, <laughs> get to know us. Um, that's a great way to help as well. Okay, that's good to know because maybe I'm not quite there yet, but maybe getting to know you a little bit better would help me get there, right? So that's oh, a good absolutely. way to get involved. 
Keisha, as you kind of think about, you know, if somebody's interested in becoming an advocate, talk a little bit about maybe your personal journey and, and what you would say to them. My personal journey, so the child that I have now, when she first, when I first got her, she was 15. She was very reserved. She didn't want to deal with, like, finding, she wasn't sociable. So I presented to her that starting a journal would be a great idea for her so that she can write down her feelings and then to also jot down what her goals is and where she sees herself in, let's say, six months, nine months, a year. So that has helped with her. So now she's outgoing. She registered for sports. Um, I had, she did track last year and what she's going on her junior year of high school. So she did complete 360. So me seeing that, how she has expanded on, you know, the way she thinks and about things shows me that I'm doing my job as an advocate. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's got to be very rewarding, yes, right? Yes, very. Yeah. So, Tammy, I mean, you know, we live in DuPage County, and I think it's it's certainly a very affluent uh, county by most standards. And I think a lot of people sometimes don't think that, you know, we need CASA or we need some of the other social services that we have. So what would you say to them? Abuse and neglect know no boundaries. Uh, it crosses over every economic and social line. Uh, domestic violence exists in every community. Mental health issues exist in every community. The problem everywhere. So we, what we want to do is help and offer the services. Uh, we are the only agency that does what we do. So it is a great need that we fill in the county. Yeah, there isn't anybody else that's going to step in if you don't do it. Exactly. And as I mentioned, we cannot exist without our volunteer advocates um, because we do get assigned to 100% of the juvenile court cases in the county. And is there any sort of, um, you know, if you will, almost like a profile of an advocate, you know, how young, how old, you know? It, we... There's a place for everyone. Okay. Yes. Okay. But is there a minimum age? Uh, most of our advocates are... Uh, a little seasoned. We do get a lot of people who are uh, retired, mm -hmm. uh, but we also get a lot of young people who are starting out in their careers. So no, there's no limit in, okay. the, in the age age that we take. Uh, children are have all different ages and needs, and we try to match the right advocate with the right children um, based on their their age and background and what they're interested in. And we try very hard to, to put the right advocate with the, with the right child. Okay. We're summing up, Keisha, what would you say to somebody sitting here who's thinking about it? I would say it is very rewarding. And if you are compassionate about how children are treated, you should go for it. Nice. Thank you both for stopping by. We really Thank appreciate you. it. If you're interested in becoming an advocate or finding out about other ways you can assist CASA, please go and visit their website. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on this episode, please visit our website at nctv17.org. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. 
Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.